Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so happy you're joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I want to first and foremost say a genuine and wholehearted thank you. Life kind of has a way of swallowing up our time and our energy, and I know today that you could be doing a lot of other things, so I want you to know how grateful I am that you're joining us today. We always want this space to be empowering for Christian women, a place where you can come and hear the truth of God's Word in an unashamed way, a place where culture is not ignored but leaned into, and a place where we can grow and hopefully learn something new. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I get asked a lot about. I mean, maybe it is the single most topic I hear more than anything else or question, and it is the issue of being a warrior for Jesus. Now, some people call me a prayer warrior, and you may be hearing that and thinking, what does that even mean? Well, ever since I was young, I always remember people kind of talking to my mother or those around me about my fierceness. I even heard my father one time talking to my mother, and he said, look at her. She looks at me like she could take my head off. I was probably five years old at the time, and it's kind of funny now if you think about it. I became a Christian and gave my life to Christ at age nine during vacation Bible school, but I really never changed very much about my personality or my life at that time. Later, when I was in my early 20s, I remember my mother-in-law. Now, she was not my mother-in-law yet. At that time, she was my mentor, my godmother. She was telling me that I was, and I'm saying this in air quotations, giving too much power to the enemy over my life. I was like, what? What are you talking about? What enemy? I I had an enemy? Well, who is this enemy and what is their name? That whole concept was new to me. As a Christian, I had never heard anyone talk very much about the devil at all. Actually, I was steer clear of all that type of conversation. One time, my mother said, don't talk about him because we don't want to get him all riled up. But the issue was and is he is already riled up. Now, I'm not sure if it's my Scotch-Irish heritage or my Cherokee roots that took hold of this, but when I heard there was a battle and I was supposed to be on the front line, I was like, y'all can sign me up. You've got your girl. I'm your girl. Now, I was a bit dangerous in those days because I did not really understand the Bible enough to realize that that didn't mean fighting people. So Linda, my mother-in-law, who became my mother-in-law later, she began to teach me how to war. We have to be taught how to do that. She began to train my hands for battle, the right kind of battle. I devoured every book I could read on the subject. I poured through my Bible. I wrote out verses on index cards and posted them all around my college dorm room that spoke of battles, of warring, and of me specifically winning the victory. The game had now changed for me. 
I was no longer ignorant to the battle going on around me. Now, you may be in a similar situation today as you're listening to this. You may never have been told that there's a battle going on and that you're part of an army. Surprise! I mean, today is the enlistment day for you, and you most likely already have your weapon in hand, which is the Word of God. We know that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. We know the end of the story, and we are not supposed to be living like those who don't. We aren't supposed to be freaking out at everything going on in our world. We are supposed to respond with urgency and then take our place in the battle, not in hysteria. That was me at first. I was casting out every devil that I could even think of. I was hysterical. That is how I would describe it now. But it was unhelpful to be that way. God has a better way. And during these next few episodes, we're going to learn together how to take our place in this battle, in this war, and win. The victory is ours for the taking. A warrior doesn't really wait for the moment of battle to get ready. They are prepared beforehand so that when the day arises, the strength and the power are already there. How many of you have ever undertaken a race or a hike and you were not prepared for it? See, you don't just sign up on the day of the race and pin your bib number on and then just take off in the race. I mean, you probably wouldn't make it very far. Life is a lot like a race. Part of the battles we face are like those hills. When we lived in the mountains, I ran hills every morning before my children woke up. I drove myself to a little spot called Lake Junaluska, and I parked my car at the bottom of the largest, steepest hill. I would get out, and I would run straight up that hill first, getting it out of the way. After some time, it got easier and easier. My lungs didn't burn, and my legs didn't burn, and I could scale straight up it pretty quickly, and at the top of it sat the most beautiful cross. I would briefly take in the side of it, and then I would begin my descent down the other side towards the water. See, being battle ready is a lot like that. We get prepared beforehand. Then when the enemy shows up, we're ready to go. The world is, as I said, has gone a little bit crazy. The truth is, it's always been crazy if we were to look back through history. I mean, read the stories in the Bible. It's crazy. But I look around and I see us. We worship our hearts out on Sunday morning at church, especially if we love the worship set. Then during the week, we watch the news, scroll social media, chew our fingernails, and sink into a mental health angst and fear. We are scared half to death. We see news that we don't even know how to respond to. But we are letting the world control our emotions. We aren't rising up. We are curling up in a fetal position. It's like those hills. We aren't ready for the hills. Well, in this series, this is my wake-up call for all of us. Get ready. Rise up. Awaken. Stop living scared to death of everything and get prepared for the hills. This world doesn't own your mental and emotional health unless you give it away. So take authority over your own life and start fighting the right battles. Get in shape spiritually. To do that, you're going to have to become uncomfortable. 
Have you heard the latest craze in the last few years of something called weighted blankets? They're supposed to really help people be able to relax and fall asleep by calming the central nervous system down a bit. Now, I don't own one. I'm not against owning one, but I don't own one. I don't really need one. But I understand if you're out there listening and you do own one and you love it. I get the concept. But I'm just going to just gently tell you today that you can't stay under your weighted blanket and walk in any level of authority over the devil. Spiritually, you're going to have to throw the blanket off and get yourself ready and prepared to fight the battle in the right way. Now, most of us aren't in climbing shape. We need to get real, we need to get a strategy, and we need to become strong. We can't just live God-ish lives. You know, just enough God to kind of feel good about ourselves and the lives that we're living. Just enough church to keep us going, just enough prayer time to say, oh, I did something this morning, just enough fake smiling through another Christian event. God-ish, but not fully in. Why? because we never got in shape for the hills. When we came to the bottom of the hill, we found an easier way around it. We found a more comfortable way to deal with it. We found a socially more acceptable way. Does that sound familiar? Hardship exposes those God-ish places in our lives. No wonder we're afraid all the time. On flat ground, we really can't see the whole truth. The hills of life are the gift that we never want, but they are the catalyst for the growth that you and I both truly need. John Eldridge has a book called Walking with God, and he has a statement in there. He says, the world we live in is a world at war. Why is that so hard to accept? What is this propensity, this inclination in us to ignore the facts? No, that's not strong enough. What is this insistence in us to see life the way we want to see it as opposed to the way that it is? He's right. Our insistence to hang on to our own spin on this life, that's what hurts us. Trying to control things we can't is utterly exhausting. Believe me, I have tried for nearly 60 years now. Exhausting. So it's time to give up the gig. This is where we have to land. We have to get so tired and weary of the same old Christian games that we are willing to actually do something about it. We can't change a bad world, but we can take it on with renewed strength and with some hope. Now, I have people say this to me all the time, but Harriet, you're brave. I can't do what you do. And I want to say to you right now, this isn't about being brave. We call everything we see brave these days. Girl, you're so brave. It's on T-shirts. It's on decals. It's in songs. We even tell women who dye their hair purple or blue, they're being brave. No, that is not brave. None of that is brave. So what is brave? Well, I would say being prepared. And I say prepared with all capital letters. Getting, staying, and being prepared, that's what brave is. Watchman Nee has this little book called Sit, Walk, Stand. It's this tiny, tiny little book. It is my nephew, Jared Evans. It is his favorite book, but it's awesome. And in it, it says, we sit in the finished work of God on the cross. We walk through life with this understanding, and then 
we stand in the rightful authority that we have been given. Our strength, our bravery, if you want to call it that, comes from our inheritance, right? It's not from us dyeing our hair a certain color. It comes from who we are and our inheritance. One of the Hunger Games movie is called Mockingjay. And the second one, part two, the heroine Katniss has completed her assignment, but she never really truly feels like she has won, even though she is a true fighter. And her mentor, Effie, says, promise me that you will find it. And Katniss asks her at the end, find what? The life of a victor. The life of a victor. Don't you want that? I want that. I want to find the life of a victor. From the moment my mother-in-law pointed out that I was in a battle, I wanted to win that thing. I wanted to be the victor. I wanted to live the life of a victor, and I bet you do too. God has built us for that. So do not settle for worry when victory is out there for the taking. Don't white-knuckle your way through another crisis. That is not freedom. That is wishful thinking. In the coming weeks, we're going to find the victorious life for ourselves, and we are going to get prepared for the hills. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. I know I will not be put to shame. And it starts out because of the very first part, because the sovereign Lord is helping me and he's helping you. So let me pray for you before I go today. Dear Jesus, you see us. You see us all scared to death. We're scared of everything around us. So today we are going to set our hearts on a new course and we step into our place of battle. We ask you to make us strong. We ask you to help our lungs and our legs get strong and be able and ready for the days to come. Help us be prepared and therefore brave about the new and coming day. We love you, Jesus, the most, and we belong to you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Now, moving on to the tip of the day today, um, I want to share a tip I am working on currently, and that is to use people's names, use their names. Do you know that someone's name is the first thing we should know about them? It's true. Love has a name. I meet so many new people every week, and I feel like my brain is a jumble of names, especially on Sunday mornings in a big growing church. Oftentimes, I recognize someone's face before I remember their name, and that's okay. I know most of us are that way, but I want to begin to take that a step further. I want to remember names better. My son, Eli, is excellent at this. He can be introduced to someone and almost immediately remember their name. Now, I believe that's a true gifting, but that's something I also want to cultivate and do better with. I think it truly shows love to other people when we do. All right, that's all I have for you today. I hope you heard something today on the Sisterhood and Co. podcast that you can take into your day and make it better. I want you to go make your life awesome.